0: So this morning's reading is from Luke chapter 1, verse 67 to 79. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he said through his prophet, holy prophets of long ago, Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace.
1: And let's pray as we come to God's word together. Father, we thank you for Zachariah. We thank you for his song. We thank you for Luke for recording these words for us. But we thank you that more than this, these are your words. Your words to us, to all your people, including us here today. We pray that your Holy Spirit would be at work in each one of us here today. Help us to see this. Help us to see what you have to say to us through this. We pray this, that you might be glorified in us, that we might be transformed as we know you more. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I wonder if you were there that day in the temple in Zechariah's sandals, Would you have done any different? He's there in the temple, in the place of the presence of God. This is a holy moment, a special place, a special time. And an angel of the Lord stands before him, terrifying, and yet standing there, offering him his heart's desire. Don't be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son. He's standing here in the temple of God, in the presence of God, with God's messenger right there offering him the one thing that he really wanted and his answer is, how can I be sure? We're very old, you know. I think I can really understand Zechariah's response because I've been there too. I think in many ways we all have. So each time we read God's word, there is all this good news There are all these amazing promises, these wonderful, seemingly miraculous promises that Jesus makes to us, that the messengers of God who who wrote these words down for us have delivered. All these wonderful promises if we only turn to Jesus. And each time we face a choice to believe or not, can God really turn everything in my life round so that everything that is bad at the moment, in some way, good will come out of it. Can God really forgive me everything, even that? Does God really want me as his child? How can I be sure? God's promises speak to answer our deepest desires, our desires to be truly set free, to be truly good, to be truly loved. But with each promise that, that comes to us, with each promise that we hear, that Zechariah question rises up in us as well. How can I be sure? It might not for you be that you, you feel too old for this, but we each have our own version of this zachariah mode our own obstacles that that loom in our minds each time we hear god's promises to say no that doesn't apply to me how can i be sure it's really for me i'm too old i'm too young i'm too bad i'm not that bad i'm too busy for this i'm too unimportant for this Let's see how God deals with Zechariah in his doubt and what, through that, he might be saying to us about believing his promises. Last week, we started this little series on the original Christmas carols, these four songs in Luke's Gospel that were sung in celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. And last week, Tim took us through Mary's carol. This week, we are in the carol of Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. And if these... Songs kind of make up an album. We could see these two, these first two tracks as kind of like a pair that go together. But Zachariah's carol is kind of like the B-side to Mary's carol. Both songwriters got a visit from the angel Gabriel. Both are told, don't be afraid. Both are given good news. A miraculous child is going to be born. Both answer the angel with a question. But here's where they start to go off on different paths. Because while Mary believed the angel, and that that really shapes the carol that she sings, Zachariah didn't. And that leads to the carol that he sings. Mary asks the angel back in, in chapter 1, verse 34, how will this be? Zechariah asks in 1 verse 18, how can I be sure of this? Two slightly different questions, but, but a very different heart behind it. She accepts that it's going to happen and is asking, how will this happen? He's not convinced that it will happen. How can I know that this is going to happen? Mary asked how, but accepted it. But Zechariah refused the good news. And so the angel said to him in verse 20, Now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Because he didn't believe the words of God's messenger, he loses his own words, he becomes a silent priest. So it was good news refused, but then the good news wins through. Zechariah missed this moment to, to accept this one-time offer of what it was that he really wanted. He could, have, he could have believed, he could have said yes, but he didn't. But God gave it him anyway. It, it, it was sort of like, like missing out on that great Black Friday deal that you've been waiting for. That one thing you wanted, uh, but you just got really busy on the day. You forgot to make the order. But then, a few days later, the, the package arrives anyway. Even as he closes Zachariah's mouth, the angel says, This is still on. This is still happening. My words will come true at the appointed time. And they do. The child is born. Isn't it a wonderful comfort that God's gifts to us don't depend on us perfectly believing in his promises all the time, every time? Luke tells us that that overall, actually, Zechariah was a man who was righteous in God's sight. He kept the commands blamelessly. He prayed. He served God. And so the, the overall orientation of his life was of faith. He trusted God. But he just messed up in this one big moment. But God is kind. God is merciful. And he gives Zachariah the gift anyway. He also gives him this time to think about it, this time of silence, nine months of silence during Elizabeth's pregnancy as he waits. And just imagine your, your Zachariah in, in that silence. Imagine as it slowly dawns on you that you were wrong, you were wrong to doubt the good news that God had sent you. The the moment you you opened your mouth, you maybe tried to answer back to the angel, but, but no words came out. And you knew in that instant these words, Gabriel's words, had a power, they had a truth in them. And and then the moment a few weeks later when you realized your wife, Elizabeth, even in her, her old age, was expecting a baby. And you'd know, too, that if all these words had been true, then so, too, was it true that you wouldn't be able to say a word about it. You wouldn't be able to say anything until it all happened. Imagine what you'd be doing in those nine months of waiting. Imagine how you'd be thinking about what you're going to say when, when all this has happened and when your mouth is finally open. So I don't think this is just a spontaneous kind of spur-of-the-moment song that he's singing here. I think this is the fruit of nine months of really, really thinking and meditating on what God has been doing here. When Zechariah does speak, it's at the naming of his son. The son is called John, just as the angel instructed. John means a gift of God. And as Zechariah recognizes the gift that God has given him, in spite of his not believing, his lips are opened to answer a question about what his son will be. And the silent priest is now a singing priest. Now, we've spent quite a while on the background to this song because now we finally get to it. It helps us to hear, I think, two kind of musical themes which are playing all the way through this song. The first is the theme that God is reliable, that when God says something, his words are absolutely trustworthy. And the second is that God is merciful, this is what Zachariah has learned in his nine months of, of thinking and praying about this. He's learned from how God has dealt with his doubt, God is reliable. God is merciful. And so when he sings, he sings of the trustworthiness of God's words. Let's come to this, this song now. And the first part of the song we could perhaps call the Lord is reliable. Praise him. The Lord is reliable. Praise him. He says it in verse 68. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation The first part of the song is kind of a greatest hits of the history of of Israel, their origin as a nation through God's promise to Abraham. The promise to their great king David of an even greater king in his line. And then perhaps a more subtle mention of the exodus of the rescue from slavery in Egypt, through that idea of being redeemed, of of being rescued from enemies so that we can go and serve the Lord without fear in holiness and righteousness. And all these moments in in the big picture history of Israel become very present and real to Zechariah as he sees the same God is at work now, bringing all these things to their conclusion. The Lord is finally coming God has raised up a horn of salvation. A horn was a symbol of a strong king. I like to think of that image as kind of like a rhino. It's just a long, thick horn, just carving a path through enemy, any enemy that it decides to charge at. And so Zechariah sings of salvation, of being Saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us but hear that that theme playing in the background it's not just that God is doing all this but that he's doing it as he said he would verse 70 as he said through his holy prophets long ago verse 72 he is remembering his holy covenant his promise the oath that he swore to our father abraham this is what zechariah has learned in this 9 months he's had to prepare this song he praises the lord because the lord is utterly reliable in the promises that he makes zechariah still hasn't seen everything happen yet he still hasn't seen all of this come to fruition he's not seen the son of god die for his sins he's not seen jesus raised again to new life he's not seen the holy spirit given and the church grow to spread across the entire world but he's seen enough to go from being someone who didn't believe good news from god to someone who praises god that this good news isn't just empty words just kind of vague platitudes that it will all be fine in the end. This good news is backed up by real actions in history to fill those words with, with power and significance and reality. Could you sing a song like that? Or are your eyes fixed on the obstacles? on on the reasons not to sing like that. The reasons why this might not be the case, why this might not be for you. If we want to sing like Zachariah, we need to fix our eyes on the great miracles the Lord has done in history and on the way that he's met us in each of our lives. We each have that story how Christ has come to meet each one of us, to make it known to us that there is something to this, that God's promises can be counted on. We can look at all the evidence and then we can look at how God has made it true in our lives. As we do that, we can join Zechariah, we can sing with confidence about what we haven't yet seen because of what we have seen. So that's the first part of the song. The Lord is reliable, praise him. A title for the the second part of the song might be the other thing that Zechariah has learned through all this. The Lord is merciful, prepare for him. The Lord is merciful, prepare for him. Verse 76, He he turns his attention to the question of what his son will be. on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. This is what Zechariah's son will do. He'll dedicate his life to preparing the way for the Lord. If you look back a few verses to... To chapter 1, verse 62, it says, they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. It's interesting. It seems that he, to me from that, that it's not just that his mouth was closed, but his ears were closed as well. He couldn't hear. They had to make signs to him. So he would understand And if that's the case, then that means that the last words that he heard before nine months of silence were the words the angel said to him about his son in chapter one. Those words would be living in his head for the whole nine months, along with all the regret of not having believed, along with the the being awed and humbled by by God being merciful anyway, the angel's words about John in chapter one, verse sixteen. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared the Lord Zechariah had nine long months of silence of, of peace and quiet to, to chew on those words and in that time surely he noticed he'd heard them before hopefully you have too because it wasn't that long ago we were in Malachi but Gabriel's words there in chapter one are remarkably similar to the ending of the book of Malachi. Just turn back there. It's the last book in the Old Testament. If you've got the church Bibles, it's page 962. And I'll start from chapter four and verse five. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. That wasn't an obscure reference. These words are not kind of hidden away in some forgotten corner of the Old Testament. They are its conclusion. After those words, there were no more words from God until the birth of Christ. Then it, it, it was 400 years of silence after these words through Malachi. God's promise left hanging in the air. And so Zechariah, in his, his nine months of silence, really has had all of this going around his head. And so when his mouth finally opens again, his song is, is kind of a, a sample or a remix of Malachi. When he sings of his child preparing the way for the Lord, he's drawing on that God's promise in Malachi 3, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Where Zechariah sings of a rising sun coming from heaven, that is lifted from Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. For you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness, will rise with healing in its rays. Zachariah sees that it's finally over. The silence is finally over. The Lord is coming. That moment that Malachi urged the people to look forward to is finally here. And so he turns to that very Malachi theme, the people needing to be right with God before he comes, needing to be refined, needing to be cleansed. And this is what Zachariah's son will do. He will prepare people for the Lord. He will do that by giving them, in chapter 1, verse 77, giving them a knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God. As, he, as he's thinking of that rhino just cutting its horn through God's enemies, what is in Zechariah's mind is, I think, first of all, not so much the Roman occupiers. I think it is sin and the shadow of death. These are still the two great enemies we all need to be saved from. And in that order, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. It says that sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. The Lord is coming to save his people in an act of tender mercy. We see later in the life of Christ this mercy of taking the death that our sins deserved. But to receive that salvation we need to be prepared for it we need to be prepared by hearing about it by having that knowledge of salvation by hearing that message that call to turn away from our sin to turn away from our own darkness in our hearts and turn to the light of christ and here we're back to where we started this is the message this is the good news from god and it is reliable And having come to know that for himself, Zachariah is starting to think not only about praising the Lord for it, but about preparing others to receive that, preparing others to be ready for when the Lord comes. He's singing God's praises for his reliability in saving, and now he's going to raise his son up, preparing him for a life of preparing others to meet the Lord. Preparing John for a life of calling other people to believe God's message of salvation in Jesus Christ is utterly trustworthy. Think now with what energy Zachariah is going to throw himself into that task of raising his son up. This is all so real for him now. He really knows God can be trusted He has seen the tender mercy of God in his own life. God has forgiven him his sins and his unbelief. He has known this for himself. It isn't just words for him. He's seen it at work in his own life. And now he's going to to throw himself in to raising John up with that same knowledge so that John can throw himself in to giving his life to prepare others to meet the Lord. And this is what happens when we become convinced that God's promises to us are true, are reliable. We start to sing of them. We start to praise the Lord, but we also start to prepare others to meet the Lord. We can't keep that song just between us and the Lord. So we started with this goal of, of learning something from how God has dealt with Zechariah. And perhaps for you, the, the message of the first part of the song is where you really need God to speak to you today. You, you see in yourself that Zechariah mode, just, just that tendency to, to hear God's promises, but to, to find excuses and reasons why they might not apply to you, why they might not be true for you. While you might be the exception to that. Know today that God deals with us as he dealt with Zechariah in tender mercy, with patience. He showed Zechariah the reliability of his promises, yes, in a a humbling way. But he brought him through that to a point where he was ready to, to praise him for it, and I think he did that in, in two ways, and we can look in these two places as well, when we're struggling to sing that song. First, he gave Zachariah the, these big, large-scale actions of God across history, these big moments in the history of God's people: Abraham the Exodus, King David to to look back and see that God, God is really at work in history. For us, even more than this, we look back to the cross, we look back to the empty tomb, we look to the risen Son sending his Holy Spirit to launch his kingdom around the world, this horn of salvation that has been carving through empires and across continents for 2,000 years now and hasn't let up the momentum as his church grows and grows and grows. God is at work. But Zachariah saw it too, not just in the big things, but in his own life too. In the way God met him, in his prayer requests, in, in his weakness, God applied these things to him. And as Christians, we can each look at our own lives too and see that God has been at work. He has been meeting each of us in ways that are are unique and personal to us. I, I loved earlier when we were hearing Samantha just tell how she's seen that to be true in her life, how Jesus has brought her to the place where he is now the song that she sings. And if we can sing... That song. If we are in a place where we believe his promises are reliable, where we can praise him for it, then the next step is to to open the doors and go out with that. To take the good news out to the world, to prepare people for the coming Lord. Jesus will return. People need to know, to be ready. They need to know the the knowledge of salvation. They need to know about the forgiveness of sins. They need to know that Jesus is the path to peace, to peace with God, to peace with each other, that perfect peace, that world where everything is right with God, where everything is right with each other, where everything is working. They need to know. Because if he comes in that they haven't known, they'll miss out. We are the singing priests now. In 1 Peter 2, God says to us, you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. One way you could perhaps do that is come along tonight. Come along as we go outside As we go to All Saints Garden and just sing carols outside to the city, whether they come in or whether they just walk past. Let us sing with joy about this good news of God's tender mercy in forgiving our sins. Let us sing with joy about the reliability of these promises that God has made to us. We're doing that to prepare people, to prepare them for the day that the Lord does come. We are the singing priests now. Let's each of us think this Christmas how we might join in with Zachariah's carol. Shall we pray? Dear Father, we thank you that we see so much of your... Patience and kindness on display in the way that you dealt with Zachariah. Thank you that even though he doubted you, you proved yourself to be true. You proved your words to be reliable. Thank you that you deal with us in the same way. We pray that our hearts would be open. That we would... Be those not who who ask, "How can I be sure of this, but who are made increasingly sure that your words are true, your words are good news. And as you do this work in our hearts, Lord, lift us up to praise you, lift us up to praise you, and to prepare others for the day of the Lord Jesus' return. We pray that you will use us for the growing of his kingdom. We pray that we would see that kingdom grow and that would only increase our confidence in everything that you've promised us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.